Happy birthday, Grandpa. <laughs> The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1978, Part 2, A Cufflink. In this episode, we'll cover March 27th through March 31st. Report number 3, March 27, 1978. My local recruiter, I have never seen him. I have never been to a recruiting office. My father served the Air Force. Air Force Intelligence Opportunities film used by the recruiter. Aye, that's the rub. The first thing we see on this film is a young man learning to speak a Far Eastern language. Please examine a code of my language, enclosed. Some of it may be preposterous, some may not. I will never know unless I try. Jack and Gold. In the spirit of Deton, we are not teaching Russian or German or the future of totalitarianism to the students. Two, subjective vision for the prevention of the Soviet totalitarianism. A, strange feelings towards Gromyko, the provocateur, important party decision maker, spy. B. Cuba, an uncomfortable hemorrhoidal problem. Perhaps Rhodesia, Mozambique, Cuba, Afro-Indigenous militia, Djibouti, Ethiopia, and a horizontal line to the MPLA of Angola. Two Virgils, page three. Three. Former logistics based on data concerning American aid to A. Saudi Arabia, UAE, Sultanate of Oman, Egypt. Four, vertical intelligence. Israeli, Lebanon, Syria, PLO, Jordan, PD of Yemen and Yemen, Libya, Algeria, Marxists. F, Red Sea, Indian Ocean lanes, and Thailand and or summation continued. What was I supposed to call him? Pretty rotten. Jimmy Cotton. He might for peach, shoots up in poles. How about my poles? He approved. Why am I still in the same position? Broke. I did it. My way. Maurice Dupont, speaking to you from the hotel. Foyer.
In late March, Ringo Records released another single titled Warm Ride by Graham Bonnet. On March 31st, Capitol Records in America and EMI Parlophone in the UK simultaneously released the album London Town by Wings.
Paul McCartney, Linda McCartney, and Denny Lane. The new album by Wings, London Town, on Capitol Records and Tapes. Available at Playback Venture and at Sears. From the BBC in London, this is Brian Matthew introducing a special program featuring music from the latest Wings album, London Town, brought to you by the car people at Toyota. Paul McCartney and Denny Lane talk about the songs on the album to Paul Gambaccini. I suppose it seems strange that an album partly recorded in the Virgin Islands should have the name of London Town. But uh, here we are with, a, with an album which is called just that. Is there any particular reason why you called it that? Not really. It was started in London Town and it was finished in London Town. And the opening track on the album is called London Town. I don't know, I suppose you could have called it any of the other titles, actually, but that was the one that seemed to fit the most, you know. Then we had the idea on the cover to show London Town as if it's in the Virgin Islands. On the back cover of the record, it's all London Town looking like it's been moved to the Virgins. Anything to say about London Town as a, a song itself, as we're about to hear it? Uh, well, funnily enough, it was written in Perth, Australia. It was started in Perth when we went on our Australian tour, and uh, Linda and I were sitting in the hotel in Perth, which is a big Sheraton, you know, top floor, Elton John suite. <laughs> I don't mean that how it sounds, actually. We were in Elton John suite there, and um, we started doing this thing, you know, and uh, we came up with these opening lyrics, you know, walking down the sidewalk on a purple afternoon. So it got started there, and then it hung around for a little while. I just had that first bit. Uh, that Linda and I had done, and then I got together with Denny in the summer of 76, I think it was, in Scotland, and we just sat down and sort of finished it all and sort of arranged it up a bit, you know, and got other little bits and pieces. And then I wrote another little bit when I was on holiday, went to Mexico for a holiday, somewhere in between time, and wrote another little bit. So we put it all together and then recorded it in London town. Walking down the sidewalk on a purple afternoon I was accosted by a barker Playing a simple tune upon his flute Toot, 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 toot Silver rain was falling down upon the dirty ground of London town
pavement on a Sunday afternoon I was arrested by a rosa Wearing a pink balloon about his foot What happened was originally we were on the boat in Virgin Islands and they'd just set up a studio for us and we were in some little lagoon called Watermelon Bay and um, we were playing there, you know, we couldn't play too late in the evening because there were rules against amplified music because it was a national park, the little lagoon we happened to pull into. So what happened was they'd set up the studio and we thought we'd be going in just to kind of test it out really the first day. But we went in and right away we put down Cafe on the Left Bank and we did most of it and we did the backing tracks. Um, so we were dead lucky that the studio even worked, you know, because it's notorious, you know, if you get a new studio you've got to spend a week at least ironing out wrinkles. But it worked. So we, after we'd finished in the Virgin Islands we brought it back to London and finished it off there and to get the atmosphere down Abbey Road Studios. We had the whole place done out with like potted plants and little cafe umbrellas and little stripes and sort of, you know, to make it look like a cafe on the left bank. And uh, there was some visiting bloke came in from uh, American Record Company, you know, and he, he kind of walked in all serious. You know, it was half a joke to us, really, you know, having a big cafe in the studio. But um, it was nice for the atmosphere and everything. Anyway, this fellow came in and he said, um, this is very interesting, Paul, you know, he said, um, said what uh, you know he looked around and he said uh, and what temperature do you keep it at <laughs> so I said oh constant 68 constant absolute constant 68 so I think he must have gone away and uh, done a string of them up and down the west coast Frenchman round the TV shop. 
FM Left Bank. On the first couple of hearings, you do, or I at least got the impression, that the album is slightly more simplistic in terms of production than, uh, say, Band on the Run or Speed of Sound. It's much less lavish. It is a lot less lavish because most of it is just sort of straight backing tracks where we've decided to not really put too many strings on stuff. You know, we could have put a lot of arrangements on stuff. But we've ended up doing it with guitars and doing it with um, synthesizers and stuff rather than big string sections and stuff. And uh, some of the tunes are a bit simpler than we've been doing. It just comes in phases, you know, One at one moment you've been listening to some records that are really produced and you think, oh yeah, I want to do that kind of thing. Another moment you're listening to something that's very simple and you think, yeah, I really like very simple music. By dawn's first light I'll come back to your room again With my carnation hidden by the packages I'm carrying Something I'm carrying Something rocker sort of after Elvis you know it's like people paint pictures after Lancia and after so and so well that's kind of doing a thing 
based on the Elvis buzz for me. And I was trying to get the song Backwards Traveller to explain on the album why the album suddenly went to a kind of 50s type sound. And I was hoping to do Backwards Traveller and a Backwards Traveller and set it up and then go backwards into time with some of these a couple of the tracks sound like sort of 50s or 60s, you know, I've had enough sounds of this sort of 60s to me. Yeah. And I was hoping to do that, but in the end we couldn't do it like that, it just didn't work, it didn't work in the right order. as a drummer. She's one of our recurring problems. <laughs> that, that ended up, we went into Cufflink, which was a jam. album we come to children children and uh, we're going to ask denny to talk about this one because he has co-written this number that came about as a result of being at paul's house one day where they've got a little waterfall in the back 
and it sort of seemed a nice place for kids to play, you know. And uh, <laughs> didn't know that, did you? No, <laughs> you live in land, and, don't you? Uh, yeah, so I sort of got the idea from that. Um, and he liked it, Linda liked it, so we had a go at it. And we thought we should do, uh, thought we should do it like a kind of fairy tale kind of thing. It's like a children's song. So we we tried to do it as if it was like the soundtrack to a cartoon, you know, where you imagine lots of little fat elves and stuff down in the Dingley Dell, all playing on their flutes and little auto harps and stuff, you know. which is a, a McCartney song, Alone. And uh, I suppose one thing we should clarify right now is that some of these songs do include uh, Joe English and Jerry McCulloch playing, yeah, and some of them, them don't. Most of them do, actually, because uh, we did everything, pretty much everything on the album before they left. Uh, the only things that don't is Backwards Traveller, where I drummed on it, and Cufflink, which I drummed on. Uh, I think those are the only two that don't include them. Uh, Musical differences? Between what? Oh, us and Jimmy and Joe. Um, Jimmy's thing was just more of a personality thing rather than musical differences. And Joe's thing was that he's a dyed-in-the-wool American. And he missed his hamburgers and his late-night telly and all that. And uh, he sort of had his family in America and wanted to go back, you know. And that brings us to the track Girlfriend. Right, talking about Joe's girlfriend. Um... Girlfriend, uh, originally I had the song from a couple of years ago where 
I write quite a bit of stuff when I'm on holiday, you know, because I just feel very relaxed. And Linda and I had gone to uh, a place in Switzerland where we were doing a bit of skiing. Well, I was trying to do a bit of skiing. Linda was doing a bit of pulled, getting pulled around on a rope. <laughs> She's just learning stuff, you know. Uh, but one evening in the hotel, you know, I just started doing that song. And uh, I always thought of it as like sort of something that one day I might give to the Jackson 5 or something, you know, because it's so sort of solely type track.
I've had enough uh, is a uh, pretty much out-and-out out rocker, isn't it? Yeah, that came about when I was just sitting around in the studio one day and doing uh, just, you know, kind of rock and roll kind of chords, just very simple bluesy kind of chords. And I just had the chorus, and the rest of it I used to just mumble. So we did it on the boat with me mumbling the vocal track and just shouting, I've had enough when it comes to the chorus. And uh, I wrote some words to it, and then again we finished that off in London. Had Enough finishes side one. The new Wings album is called London Town. It's produced by Paul and engineered by Jeff Emmerich, the old Beatle engineer, in the Abbey Road Studios in London and on a boat in the Virgin Islands. Paul explains why they recorded in both locations. We were sitting in the studio in London and it was raining and doing its usual thing at the beginning of the, you know, February in London. It's kind of 
Oh, dear. The sky's got that great grey it can get sometimes, you know. We were sitting in a little studio with no air or anything. About to do an album, you know, and, we'd, and the engineer we were working with, Jeff Emmerich, came back and he'd done an album in Hawaii with America. The Harbour album they did. And he'd come back and he said, we hired a house in Hawaii and we had the whole studio there. And he said, it was fantastic. And seeing all that. And uh, everyone got jealous. We just said, well, I saw that for you. You know, we better do something like that. So we decided to see if we could get a studio on a boat, which everyone had been thinking about for a long time. So we rang up some people in L.A. who do that kind of thing, record plant. And... Uh, they got it together, you know. They just said, yeah, we can do it if you're mad enough to want to try it. So we had like a month's holiday and in the evenings, instead of going to the local hotel and having dinner, like you sometimes do on holiday, we just would go to the studio you know, and just spend time doing that. So it was like combining a holiday with that, but also it got us out of grey old London, you know. And we got a little um, holiday break, something, you know. It felt really good on the boat. I mean, you can't feel bad that way. You get a take and then you jump, just leap over the side to celebrate, you know, to all the blue water and that, and the sharks. The songs in the album have more musical changes in them and were full of those great McCartney harmonic structures. He was also adding new textures and washes of sound with synthesizers and keyboards. And we come to with a little luck, which sounds like a single, and I'm told it is. Yeah, that's going to be the first single from the album. I uh, don't want to put too many singles out, because, you know, I think uh, people get a bit fed up if you put millions out, but... Uh, Just like you're a member of Fleetwood Mac. Well, you know, yeah. uh, it's tempting to do that, you know, because the record people always tell you if you've got a single out, it helps the album sales and all that. It's like a trailer for the album. So there's a lot of difference of opinion over all of that, but I don't like to do too many, you know, because I think people who've got the album then feel cheated that you're not doing anything new. But So this one is coming out as a sort of trailer to the album, this was written, I wrote this one up in Scotland, and uh, we did some work on the boat and overdubbing back in England. And uh, here you go, folks. With a little luck, we can make this whole damn thing work out.
Remember, the album's called London Town. And it's followed on the album by a track which I think I can safely say will not be a single, Famous Groupies. I don't know. Actually, it's funny, you know, you play these things to people from the record company and you ask them, you say, which do you think would be the single? And they come out with the weirdest choices, you know, and that was the choice of a few people, you know, Famous Groupies. But I don't think it will be a single. A few of the others were choices, too, you know, that won't be singles. And, you know, it's just sort of, it's like a joke song about rock and roll business you know and i was just sitting around and just this idea came to me about doing a song about groupies you know so it'd be like a nice idea to sort of send it up instead of getting all serious about them you know and I, so it's just a joke track really we had going up in scotland and uh, it's all about groupies and various people who keep mattresses in their van <laughs> but uh, that's just a, like a daft tune there was one point where we were thinking it really could be a kind of real serious sort of shouted rocker and really holler it and really get kind of mean on it but every time we tried that basically it's in the wrong key to do that with because it's neither here nor there for singing it so it came in a sort of medium key 
you know, there's, there's a famous pair of groupies from years ago called the Plastercasters. Well, it's not really modelled on them, but it's that kind of idea, you know, a couple of groupies who go round together and are notorious and stuff. Do you, still, uh, do you still get them? No, I don't get groupies, no. <laughs> I hope I don't, anyway. Um, there comes a stage, you know, when you sort of let it be known you don't want them and then they don't show up anymore. You know, you've got to be sort of single and out on the road. I'm a married man with four kids now, you know, so I can't do all that, Paul. <laughs> I'm not like that. Senior March. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you 
famous groupies it's followed on the lp by deliver your children denny am i correct in thinking that this one started with you yeah i think that was that was when we were doing oh it was a long time ago i wrote that in in la uh, no in la i first started to do that um again sort of i'd got so far with it and uh, paul came along with a couple of ideas for the arrangement so i do this all the time i'll write the song and it'll be it'll be probably all the words and a tune but it'll need something and i'm not happy with it and he'll come and help me with it so that's how that came together
That's from the new Wings album, London Town. That was name and address. Don't let it bring you down. It's uh, track five on side two. And in one I actually remember seeing being built up from scratch in the Virgin Islands. That's right. <clears throat> well, I remember you came out and to visit us and uh, do some of your famous writing. And um, we were there doing Don't Let It Bring You Down. We had it very basic then. It was just uh, drums and two guitars, as I remember. And we came, with, as with most of the stuff, we brought it back to London after we'd finished in the Virgin Islands, did some overdubbing on it. I played electric guitar on it. We did a lot of vocal overdubbing with Denny and Linda. And uh, Denny and I kind of finished it off by playing these little things called flageolets, which is a posh word for an Irish tin whistle. Yeah. 
last track on the album is called Morse Moose and the Grey Goose. And I think whoever thought of that title should start to introduce the song. It's credited to both of you. This is a, this is like a crazy track, this, because most of the stuff we do, you know, is a, it's, it, it's a song and it's worked out and to some degree, like, it's rehearsed before we come to do it. But this one, we were just on the boat and as you can imagine, like, there were a few evenings there where we didn't, we weren't too serious, you know, we were just having a loom. And uh, the electric piano was set up through a couple of gadgets and stuff and it had this weird sound on it and I just started hitting it one evening and the fellow had the tape running and uh, just went like Morse code for about five or six minutes and Denny was just leaping over to the piano and sort of hitting it occasionally with his head and uh, we had this five minute thing that just went on it sounded like Morse code for about five six minutes so we started just making up bits to go on it and overdubbing stuff, the rest of the stuff, with the songs that we've written. You know, like the kind of, you're talking about melodies and sort of songy stuff. Um, but that one was very different. We just made that up as we went along, you know. So it's, it's kind of crazy track, that one. And um, we quite liked it, you know. It sounded like germ of an idea. So we, we went the opposite way from how we normally do it, of having a song and then putting it down. This, this thing started just from an idea, the Morse code idea. And then we thought, well, what should we call it? You know, and we ended up with Morse Moose. And then we wrote another little bit in the middle where it, it all sort of changed in the middle. And so we, one night in the studio back in London, we wrote another little bit, which is the Grey Goose bit. So the title became Morse Moose and the Grey Goose. But it's, it's, a, it's a departure for us because it's kind of much more experimental than the rest of the stuff on the album.
Prudence was a steady boat. People said she'd never float. But one night when the moon was high, the great goose flew away. As we were sailing round the rocks, the mate took out his compass box. Said the wind is like a box, but the great goose flew away. When out upon the open sea, the admiral, the mate and me, regret to face eternity, but the great goose flew away.
Jenny Lane, talking to Paul Gambaccini about London Town, the latest album from Wings. Coming up in a moment, Ringo releases a new album. I've just finished a new album called Ringo Bad Boy Star, which you'll all get soon. And still to come, the Beatles hit the theaters. Listen, I know everything there is to know about the Beatles. There's nothing I don't know about the Beatles. Next on Yesterday and Today. information or to contact the show visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com also visit at yesterdaypod on twitter and search yesterday and today podcast on facebook see you next time I'm Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. (laughs) Wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages. That's Facebook.com slash Yesterday and Today Podcast or Facebook.com slash Third Men. Or you could head to Society6.com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's Society, the number six, dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. (laughs) Guys, we need your help. (laughs) Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. All right. We'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me. Thank you.